0: And welcome to How to Win the Lottery Season Two Finale? Question mark. Teenager by Bud Smith. I'm Joey Lewandowski.
1: Bonjour, je m'appelle Serge Gainsbourg. We have a special guest
0: here on the finale. Ah, oh la, la, la
1: J'ai rendez-vous à TV dans 20 minutes. Au revoir. Oh hey, there was was that Serge Gainsbourg?
0: I think so. Who who am I talking to now?
1: Uh, let's not worry about that. The um, trance is it trans? not. So trans. what did we read this week? What did we read? We read the Mike Nichols. Stop. I did. Re- I read. I did read Mark Harris's uh, Mike Nichols biography, um, which is you know what's fascinating about that is that there's a whole like like the back half of Mike Nichols' career, like the highlight, and and maybe like a top three thing that Mike Nichols did for his entire career. Of course, he started off square really hot with Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, and of course, uh, The Graduate. That's his film career. And then a number of like hit plays like The Odd Couple and uh, Barefoot in the Park, but like at the end of his career, he mm-hmm. wrote uh, or he didn't write, but he did uh, the Angels in America miniseries. Sure. Um, and and On so Showtime? No, 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 HBO. And so I'm um so sorry watching. Uh, it's not TV. It's HBO. And so I'm reading this, and the whole time, um, the th- there's like a lot of like. Uh, Talk about Tony Kushner and and Tony Kushner's interaction with with Mike Nichols and how they like uh, got along and what they butted heads over, et cetera, et cetera. And the whole time, I'm holding the knowledge in my head that the author Mark Harris is married to Tony Kushner. This feels like something that he should reveal in the in in the text. Hmm. He he doesn't. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's unethical. He's not doing anything controversial. Right. But it's like the whole time, I'm aware that he's like he's like referring to him as Kushner. He's like Kushner did this. Da da, da. It's like that's your husband. It's so weird to like speak of him in like such a distant third person. Anyway, uh, so this week we read. Um, uh, teenager by uh, and, and a biography of Mike Nichols by Mark Harris husband to Tony Kushner
0: this was our first how to win the lottery field trip we went to sure was New York City the Big Apple I realize in retrospect that young adult calling Minneapolis the mini apple is a play on the big apple and I don't like the big apple as a nickname anyway and I like the Minneapolis apple even less than that even though I love the movie young adult
1: I have no idea what you're talking about
0: Anyway, we went to see your friend Bud Smith, who wrote this book, did a reading, and also in the room was jean Young Frazier, who we covered her Pizza Girl novel in season one.
1: Yeah, and Michael Bible, whose uh, uh, book may make its way into a a module later on. I'm not familiar with his work, but he seemed like a real sweetheart.
0: Cool. And also there was Bud Smith's wife named... Ray Balleri. Who did the illustrations in this
1: book. Yeah. One of the best people I know. Very, very sweet person.
0: Everybody I met that night was very kind. Ray was one of my favorites, though. So mm-hmm. shout out to Ray and to sure. Bud. So this is our ostensibly season finale. We might be talking to Bud either in this episode or our next episode, depending yeah. on how things shake out.
1: So, Bud, don't take it personally when we fucking murder your book this episode. When we take it apart like it's a automobile in a chop shop.
0: The fun thing will be that we will talk to him before this comes out. So he'll, he'll be like... <laughs> he'll, he's
1: completely blindsided. We'll be
0: like, Bud, we loved your book. And then he listens to the episode and he's just like... The fuck!
1: <laughs> you were so sweet, and we that that interview went so well. But then I listened to the to the episode, and you and you were so mean to me.
0: When we were in the, I don't want to call it a lobby, but when we were in the like party room of this reading, I was like, sure, there's a lot of Elvis songs. You're like, I don't know, this this is an Elvis song. I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot of Elvis songs. Oh so, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't Elvis that thematically. thematically so clearly, that was by design, either yeah. buds or the press or whoever.
1: And I had my eyes closed and I was trying to listen to the reading and a security guard came up to me and shook me and told me that she said, you can't sleep here.
0: Yeah. So uh, Bob, I was almost called, uh, you're also not Bob. So Shreds, what is, or Serge Gainsbourg, what do
1: I call you? Serge Gainsbourg is not here. You don't have to call me anything. Just. So what is Teenager about? Teenager is a uh, novel about to it, it's like uh very much within the template of the lovers on uh, lovers on a run template like it's it's fits into a very specific genre of uh both book and and film
0: there were so many times reading this this novel that i was like oh i want to watch this movie oh i want to watch that movie i want to like out oh, true romance natural born killers sure your favorite badlands badlands yeah a lot of movies and well, a lot of things all of these
1: things romance, maybe not so much, but all of those things are sort of based on the Charles Starkweather murders, who is he's like a real guy who had, uh, I don't know how old he was, but he had like a seven, 16, 17 year old girlfriend, and he, I think, murdered her parents, and then they went on the oh. run. They went on the run across the country, and like on the way across the country, he like murdered gas station attendants and cops and things like that, anyone that got in their way, and he was like, you know, essentially like a, road, or a murder road trip that was like
0: I almost said cool, but Based in love.
1: Yeah. Well, cool, I think cool is, like, a really interesting reaction to it, because something that this book does is there's a lot of push and pull of, like, cool versus, like, maybe not. There's, like, you know, every time you really start identifying with the characters, there's something that happens where you're, like, right, maybe I shouldn't be identifying with these characters who are in some ways quite bad well I think
0: that what this book does and keeps within the scope of everything is that it seems to be about how the system fails you and about how you have no belief that you're able to do anything of value in that situation because the main two characters Cody, Cody Green and Tella Carticelli aka Teal Cartwheel uh, both suffered tremendous difficulties growing up and they're both like 17, 18 ish right?
1: Uh, I think they're both under 18 yeah
0: and, you know, they're in love and she had his abortion like they she got pregnant and their parents are like, you're going to Rome, you're getting you're fixing this and we're going to Rome and whatever. And he breaks out of juvie, murders her parents and they hit the run. Once again, another character starting from New Jersey.
1: Yeah, there's an interesting thing I think that happens. Like you're talking about systems failing them, including, mm-hmm. including like the system of the nuclear family and the system of foster care. Right. One of yep. the one of the. Systems in America where it's just like, hey, everybody's trying their best, but it's just not – it's, like, decrepit and not working. Right. And, like, the horror stories that come out of that are just immense. Um, and you have this, like, Freudian – almost Freudian thing where, um, you know, tor- towards the end of the novel, Teal says something along the lines of, like, you're the first person who ever fought for me. And it's like – and that's, like, the thing that really – right essentially sold her it might it might be during their wedding vows that she says that like it's the thing that essentially sold her on him as like a this like romantic ideal this sort of cowboyish wild west figure um but really she's like attracted in a way to his his uh the violence that surrounds him because she let like her model for that violence as as like a people who are abused, their model for love often comes from violence because their parents are violent toward them. So her model for that is her father. And, you know, as as uh, Cody kills her father, mm-hmm. he's he's replacing her father yep. a, as this figure, like uh, as this figure of masculinity and also this figure of violence in her life that sure, he's like loving and caring to her, but he's uh, there's also this like incredible darkness to him. And like you can see throughout the entire text from essentially like the The second that they reunite, that she's like, I love this guy, but I also kind of need to get away from him.
0: And he knows that, too, because he's like early on after they get out of there, she's like, oh, I'm just going to like they're camping right there. They're camping for the night. And she's like, I need to go to the bathroom. But like she brings her purse and her bird and she he's just like he says, like in the narration or whatever, like next time she tries to escape i'm gonna let her like i understand that you know this is a lot for her and i love her and i want nothing more to be with her that but like i want her above that to be happy and if i'm too much for her by all means but then she sticks with him until the point where she doesn't and she almost dies but just a quick backstory her father regularly routinely i guess rapes her probably um is o- that
1: is that there is that is that something that i that i missed yeah okay because <laughs> that, that, that got by me, but yeah, I mean,
0: there's a line. Buttons unbuttoned, hooks loosened, zippers clicked open, tooth by tooth. His attention and her appreciation, and his appreciation at her attention. He lived in her for four pumps, and he lost his virginity. And she said she'd lost her virginity to him too, which was only partly a lie.
1: Okay. They, yeah. I, yeah. All right. There's all right. also that sounds, it, there's that,
0: also references like that's why Cody hates Neil so much because he's like I would have killed him long like you know right every yeah, time yeah, Neil yeah, goes yeah, out yeah. Dad goes in and and rapes Teal.
1: Okay. I wasn't I I, I wasn't interpreting it as quite that dark, but I un- I understand that that's a that I think that's a valid reason because
0: I think that's what sort of like there, there's such shocking violence early on like chapter two basically. Right. Well, I, what I love is that it starts with chapter zero and it ends with chapter last, which I'm just like that's a cool touch, but like in chapter two. He, like, doesn't break into her her house because he has a key somehow um, and gets in there. He and stole then, it from underneath the, yeah, the rock. And murders both of her parents. And you're like, oh, like, this is just like a weird kind of love story. But then you're like, oh, no, uh, he was a monster and she, like, stood by and let it happen. As you do. As you do. And Teal was like, well, why'd you kill my mom? And he says because she loved him as much as I love you. And she's like, oh, I get it.
1: Okay, yeah, that's interesting because I didn't, uh, I, I had, I hadn't read it as being quite as dark as all that. I, I, I like, I felt that there were, you know, there's obviously subtext that that it's, it's not a, it's not a great place to live. Mm-hmm. But I, di- I didn't, I, ha- I hadn't uh, read as much into that line. Because the other that thing that I'm, is, as you did.
0: I'm not as clear on, but I think is that his fa, fo- that Cody's foster mother Rhonda had a boyfriend, Dale, Dale. Sure. Who, like, pulled him out of a treehouse or something, and he fell and hit his head, and that's why he had the metal plate in there? Is that what that what yeah. led to that? Yeah, that's
1: why he has the, the seizures as well.
0: Seizures and hallucinations, and just, like, mm-hmm. basically a lifetime of debilitating injuries, like mental and physical Ailments. Yeah,
1: he has um, what I, I think I think is temporal lobe epilepsy, which is uh, like Dostoevsky had temporal lobe epilepsy, and I think Saint Paul had temporal lobe epilepsy, supposedly, and which is uh, often characterized by like hyper religiosity that happens before seizures, um, like seizures enter you into like a higher spiritual plane where you can you he's, know
0: he says he feels blissful when he's about to have a seizure, yeah, even though he's overtly not religious in this right book even though I love the scene with him and the priest
1: sure yeah I think it's great
0: but I think what also the the way that he describes the like the visions right like the hallucinations Mm -hmm. we were talking about this before started it's like this is so cinematic like it just that you can just see it almost verbatim like on screen yeah and it's just it like it's easy to picture you can see it
1: on your mind screen very 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 easily
0: and there's it's great there's crazy stuff like when you know when neil is riding on the motorcycle and she's like oh no he was sitting, like he's engulfed in flames or wherever and just you know i was picturing the it's not the same exact thing but motorcycle guy in raising arizona
1: sure yeah because he's the he's like a antagonist incarnate right yeah. which is interesting because the book undercuts that like the the book is setting it up for this showdown which is a climactic showdown, like a, I think, I think like a lesser book would have ended on the the showdown in the grocery store, in the grocery store, because it's like that's the 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 conflict that we're expecting that the meeting between these two people who love uh, Tella and and like one of them has to win, and then when one of them wins, the other person dies. But th- that's not the case in this one.
0: No. And like, if, if it were on screen, it would probably be over in like under a minute, probably. Yeah. Like he, it, he rolls he rolls up, and Cody shoots at him, and then he hits him once in the helmet, and he's not like dead, because he starts shooting back at Cody. Cody smashes a flower pot over his head, and then that's it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right.
0: So, it's simple, but I like I think that's I think that's important because, I think and I think they even reference at the end here. I think she's talking about maybe that like you know it's not going to be a happy ending. Like there's no way that they're gonna get away. But for 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 different points, you're like, oh, this is the end. This is where it happens. And I did like, kind of
1: want like I. There's a hundred pages after that, or maybe not quite like seventy pages. Seventy pages yeah. after that thing in the in the uh, supermarket, and I was like, oh, like I have no idea where this book is going. Right. From this point on, it could end anywhere. And part of me really wanted it to end with him just catching a fish and have them like, and that's it. And but then she does, like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, maybe they, maybe they live happy for happily ever after in the in the trees. Um, But that would have undermined a secondary thing that I think the book is doing that's really important. I mean, maybe most of what the book is doing, which is this, like, intertextual idea of uh, deconstructing various American myths, right? Like, whether that myth be the grandness of Elvis or whether that myth be the cowboy mm-hmm. or the lovers on the run sure. um, that kind of that kind of romance uh it's like at each step that these things happen um you're reminded like well Graceland is actually like much smaller than you think it's going to be and like it's actually Have you been funny. to Graceland? No. I have. It's cool. Yeah. Is it, it smaller than you think?
0: Well, like the house is not big, yeah. but like he's got like this, you know, basically a guest house, which is like his recording studio, which has like walls of awards. He's got an airplane hangar. He's got a garage. Like there's a lot going on there. Yeah. But the house itself is not it's nothing. It's, it's less.
1: It's less than what they what they thought it would be. And she has this right. idea that Elvis might be her real dad. I, yeah. Even though I, even though the timelines clearly don't I think again she up.
0: just wants him to be because her mom's obsessed like her her parents like abandoned Catholicism and just became like the Church of Elvis and she's like that'd be cool if, Oh like, I
1: thought see, okay, yeah. I thought that they abandoned Catholicism because she got an abortion. I don't think so.
0: I think it was independent of that. Okay. But yeah, they replaced all the pictures of Jesus with pictures of Elvis, which I think is very funny. Yeah. And also very funny is uh you know, her packing to go to Rome, like when her parents are like, You're going to live with family overseas or whatever and, like, what she has to bring is just, like, a portable turntable, like, 12 LPs and, like, just, like, half of Elvis or whatever. It's, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very
1: Moonrise Kingdom, right? Yeah. The, the idea of pack. And, like, especially when the the record player is playing on the back seat and, like, they're driving and it's, like, just keeps skipping. Yeah, but it uses, I, I, I think, like, back to the Americana thing. It's using Mark Twain again. This idea of, like, everyone claiming that Mark Twain... Lived there slept there owned this place this is mark twain's house this is a hotel that mark twain slept in um to create this idea of like each place is building up its own myth when that myth is like it's just a place
0: well that's what's funny like the the second book in a row that you know with the with either or you're like there's lowell massachusetts it's like yeah just you know kill your heroes kind of in a way right right yeah 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 so
1: Yeah, Um, and then he, you know, this is all like when when I talk about the intertextuality of it. There's like when he went when Cody is a kid, he's like kind of obsessed with Don Quixote, and then Ned Carson talks about America, uh, the Kafka novel.
0: Ned Carson is the uh, ranch owner that they go to in Montana, the alpaca farm.
1: The the cuck, Ned Carson. Yeah, man,
0: Um, that was a weird twist. Yeah,
1: but the like in in America. You know, Kafka had never been to America, so his interpretation of America is insane. It's just like he has cities next to farmlands. It's all completely like, like viewing it through this lens, which is like essentially how uh, Americans all view America, right? Like an interesting thing is that Americans, like especially when we're idealizing it, we we think of it as like the land of the free, land of blah blah, blah, land of blah blah blah, but it's really like the land of like labor exploitation, sure, and. and, uh, Uh, you know and the rich get richer yeah and and jocks beating up kids in high school and calling people mean names and stuff like that
0: yeah that like that's the one thing like basically most of almost all of this novel is linear from start to finish from them starting in new jersey him breaking out of juvie picking her up killing the parents going west ending in oregon i think sort of zigzagging across Mm -hmm. the country but there's a flashback of when they met and he just like sees this beautiful girl in the bleachers, and she's, like, knitting a sweater or something for the high school quarterback, who apparently sucks, and he doesn't know who she is. Like, the quarterback doesn't know who she is, and he just calls her, like, that R-word or whatever. It's, like, this weird, sad... I didn't really know what to make of that scene, really.
1: Again, I think it's, like, she is looking for love in people that don't give her love, don't want to give her love. And so when this one person is there that's willing to, like, see her for... What she is, or like, um, sees her as being special. Like she exists as some like bright shining star in his eyes, and and he is willing to to go down and get the shit kicked out of him for her, and he's not afraid. And his lack of fear sort of attaches her to him uh, eternally.
0: And it feels like he sees. I think there's. I think what's nice about the the love between them is that it's so innocent in like cool and like dumb ways where he just like sees her. It's like, that's the girl for me. And like, that's, it's the end of that. Yeah. There's the
1: part where he says, you're it for me. And she says, you're it for me. And he says, it and it.
0: Both of them were it. Yeah. And it is capitalized, which is beautiful. And then there's a thing. He told her those kids were just mad because they didn't shine, had no adventures in front of them. were going nowhere. They hated her because she shone and they never would.
1: Yeah. I think something that Bud does really, really well is he presents the world as one of possibility. Yeah. Right? The characters like don't because they're not tied down to a typical narrative. Like like they they don't see like the 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 high school college 9 to 5 narrative as for them. They don't see other narratives as for them either, and that opens up the realm of possibility to them to literally anything. They can go and, and do whatever they want, and they do go and do whatever they want. It just so happens that the things that they want to do are mythologies that they've listened to, and, and those also end up disappointing them. So the only thing that ultimately they can have faith in is themselves. And each other. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, because the, the the big thing is, like, I think they want to get to, they they want to, like, live in a Western, right? They want to live in a, he wants, live, he wants to live, especially on a cattle ranch. Right,
1: this is, like, what I was saying earlier about how, like, you know, you love these characters, but every handful of pages, there's a thing where you're like, he's actually very, very bad for her. Yeah. He's not, he's he's not, like, he is kind of a selfish person. He wants to, he wants what he wants. He's, like, disregarding. The trauma that he's caused her, and he's just dis- like because he believes that what he's doing for her is the right thing, and killing her parents, and he believes that you know he's taken her away from all that. But he also feels entitled to to becoming a cowboy and stuff like that without much regard for what she wants to do in this circumstance right
0: he's like i don't want you to work i don't want you to have to work and she's like well i'm, I'm like good at this though i want to do this thing and he's like that's nah, not for us though
1: and then when she does want to stay at the ranch he's like i want to fucking leave yeah and then like yeah you know, he ends up being okay with staying but then she kills bill gold she stumbles into one of the darker parts of the book where yeah. he, it gets really frightening for a bit where you think she's going to be assaulted
0: right because like you said before ned carson the cuck uh, he's married to like Becky Who's like a, I don't know if she's like An official preacher or just like a preacher yeah. For the, the the farm Or the Fam-
1: Famous cuck Ned Carson
0: Famous cuck Ned Carson And there's this guy Santa who's like Just like, seemingly The only ranch hand And he does all the work He's like does the work of four guys Or twelve guys Or whatever he says Yeah And there's just like Basically they turn a corner And that's just like Santa and Becky You're having sex Just in front of everybody And everybody else is watching You're like oh Huh And like Ned's like Clapping along And Bill's watching And Bill's like Hey Teal Tell it you, you like that? And she's like,
1: I don't know. Yeah, like, leave me alone, man. Um, but Bill Bill is another example of the myth that, that's broken down because, you know, when Cody sees him, Cody thinks of him like, now this is, a, I found my mentor. This is a real cowboy. Because he has, like, a great mustache. He's the only like,
0: note I have is he's somewhere between 25 and 45 with a killer mustache.
1: Yeah, and he's, like, a very large person. He's living essentially the dream as a cowboy. But then when Cody learns more about him, he, like...
0: You realize he's like a fraud. Yeah. He of, looks or he's a it, fraud to Cody, at least. He, he
1: looks at his wallet and his name, instead of Bill Gold, it's like Wallace Gould. Yeah. And he's actually from Rhode Island. And he went to UMass and majored in mathematics. And when they take, a, when they're going on a cattle drive, which like Cody really, really wants to do, Tella reveals to him that it's like, it's not a real cattle drive. It's like a cattle drive for like, hollywood types that want to live the ranch life for a moment and, so, and then go back to their like happy existence so like everything that he idealizes about about the old west about cowboys about these people that he meets like piece by piece it gets picked apart because the the like american mythology is uh, like a lie over yeah. and over again it's it's just a lie
0: and i think bud does he probably represents like the most realistic like insane frustrating farm just like an alpaca farm with two dudes with uzis just guarding just like this is not <laughs> like it probably that's probably very realistic or it exists somewhere but it's just like that's not the farm i want to be on
1: <laughs> yeah it's not fun right yeah yeah i guess alpaca farming probably is a very profitable industry though people love alpacas man
0: i guess so their their hair right i think so yeah but they after the she kills bill they free the horses set the place on fire and just get out of there
1: yeah, it's another example of like burning your past down, right? He doesn't want to burn down the house, the uh, Teal's original house because he doesn't want to create a big scene, but he but they're always like essentially burning bridges, they can't go back to places.
0: He also keeps like screwing up in like small ways, like he leaves his wallet behind at one point, like he's mm-hmm. just like, I mean, he's a dumb kid and he's in over his head, but it's also like. He's got grand ambitions for someone who's not really altogether... Well,
1: are, are his ambitions all that grand? I mean, he just wants to work on a farm. That seems like a totally normal thing to do.
0: I think he wants to find, like, Eden. Like, he wants to find bliss. I think that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants right. to find, like, an, an idyllic world that doesn't exist.
1: Right. He wa- essentially, he wants to be uh, a person that's free from... The moral and 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 oppressive strictures of of modern day America. It reminded me a little bit of the movie Leave No Trace, even though even though that movie's not terribly. It's not violent or anything. It's just the guy trying to live in the woods with his daughter, yeah. and things keep going. people keep be, just being like, "You can't, you can't do you, this. yeah, you can't yeah. do that. You have to like, you're not allowed to do that." Even though he's like a good father, and he's but he just doesn't want to live in modern society.
0: Well, I think that's the, that's the thing. It's like also a movie that I didn't really love, but like Captain Fantastic, which is like society is this way of like you have to do it this is that vigo way.
1: yeah yeah the the staircase pussy eater
0: yeah and was that on Mike? i guess
1: that... <laughs> i don't know i don't think so i think I, earlier off Mike we were talking about uh, vigo, vigo eating that vigo going down on maria bello on the staircase in the history of violence um because we were lamenting that maria bello is only uh she's a great actor but she's in ncis and has been for a while and no regular human should be watching ncis
0: it's just the t it's just the channel that's on the tv so
1: we've been deprived of of the wonderful she's been Maria in a Delo. bunch of
0: movies but i don't know i don't yeah. know yeah i want to talk about dead bob who is the guy who came back from the dead and who eventually marries them in the grand canyon like i just love dead bob like they're just they like, find an ad for him and he's like i sell everything but cars they're like well yeah. and he says like i can i can marry you just like well no okay you sell rings he's like yeah, of course i sell rings and it's beautiful it's a beautiful moment
1: his advertisement reminded me of this advertisement that used to be in the shop, right, in Wayne, New Jersey, and it was just a picture of a cat, and then it said – it had a phone number on it, and it just said, my car, your ride, call Dick. And I was like – I always wanted to call that number to see what was up with that guy. I mean, My I guess car,
0: your ride, call Dick.
1: Yeah. And the picture was a cat. Yeah, I think he's just a guy that was – he like – Like bought, Uber. Yeah, essentially. Like this was pre-Uber days. This was like when I was – in my 20s.
0: Do you think the car, do you think if you had to guess, would the
1: cat be in the car? I don't think so. I think he was just like looking for an image to put on the poster. Okay. But like Mark Harrier, ride, called Dick, and then a cat. It's like there's something also that's vaguely sexual about it because Dick is obviously, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going too far down this, this rabbit hole. Uh, Dead Bob, though. Yeah. He just seems like a good dude. Well, he's uh, in some ways the epitome of kind of what they want, yeah. right? He's a guy that's living. Uh, who
0: conquered death
1: yeah and is completely self-sufficient he he does all these things and he's like a sort of poetic soul that they seek to emulate in some ways like they're very poetic they're a very poetic couple they speak poetically they uh i don't know just the way that the way the way that they interact is, is um very reflective of a of a world that deserves more than just like prose yeah
0: and I think one of my favorite passages from the entire book is in that scene like he's like in the other room like playing like depressing as shit music.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. And 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 she asked him to play love songs and instead of playing a new love song he just plays the song in reverse so that all plays the it bad major things. chords,
0: the minor chord switched to major and the same song carried on but right there in the middle there was a turn, a new verse. His voice changed and rose in pitch and became saccharine. And the miserable characters in the song canceled revenge and made amends. The knife was pulled out of the heart and the blood was wiped off the blade. The wound closed up and the wrong itself rewound like wire on a spool. So the wrong was never done. And the people were kissing in the daffodils, bluebirds swooping all around them and never a better match ever made in the history of the world. Thank you, Bob. She said,
1: yeah, it, it reminds like I think similarly there's the scene later on when when they have their final kiss and it goes on for like years that's
0: also it's a it's a page and a half long kiss
1: yeah but it's like the the you know the the police are there and then the police captain has to retire because they've been kissing so long the cop
0: goes on vacation comes back the seasons change
1: yeah they're still kissing they yeah it's
0: and then they stop kissing he dies
1: yeah it's beautiful there's something really um like it it captures uh those individual moments in life that can live for forever in in your head and and sort of expand in all directions and become all-encompassing of of you know what you think of a person or what you think of yourself
0: yeah it lives rent free in your head
1: i wouldn't i wouldn't say that because that's the cliche thing that people on the internet say but yeah sure
0: there's also like a through line through i know so i said it there's a through line throughout the novel where i think because she had been forced to have an abortion like this this novel also spans like months like obviously there well
1: it's it's interesting cuz i don't know that it... i mean it i guess it spans months but like at least
0: a month or two. Yeah,
1: there's a part where they're where they're, they are like thinking that they've been doing it for years, and then they're like, "It's been two weeks." Yeah, which is like in in reality, they so so in in the book they get out of trouble a handful of times through various clever ways or ways that seem magical, um, but for the most part, when things like this happen in the real world. It's like two or three days at the most before, like, the police catch these people. and Because it's, like, increasingly hard to get away with stuff like this in America.
0: I think that there's something... I was I was not struggling, but I was trying to think of how realistic it was. Yeah. But, like, they're they're largely going to small places, small towns. Right. Like, the gas station attendant recognizes them. He's like, you're all over the news. But, like, he thinks it's cool. He also thinks that Teal's hot. He's just like, oh, she's better looking at Well, there,
1: there, was a, there was a guy the uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, that like escaped into he like broke out of prison or something, and he escaped into Appalachia, right? And the police went into Appalachia, and all the people there were like, haven't seen him, like, cause they were like, so, like, like the communities that he escaped into in into those mountains were so anti cop that they were just like covering for this guy who for who they didn't know, and yeah. and, and he like got away specifically because they were just like, no, yeah, fuck the system, we don't, we, we don't need to support like that stuff where this is outlaw country like you can go through the mountains safe passage whatever
0: because i think that's also another thing that the that bud does which is very funny and very you know he's a novel pretty staunchly anti-cop because we see drunk cops we see junky cops we see dumb cops yeah and we Constance. see like yeah. a military industrial cops that like don't know how to use their toys
1: yeah i would i think it's uh broad strokes it's really an anti-authority novel sure Right. Because it's like Cody, does because c- Cody specifically doesn't want to live in a world where he's being governed.
0: Yeah. And law and order is a big part of that. Yeah. But there's a through line throughout the novel, I think, because she was forced to have an abortion before the novel began. That she wants to get pregnant again. And every time she gets her period, every time like that pregnancy test comes up negative, she's like devastated. It's also like, you're 17. Like, let's.
1: You also, also like of all the things that would like force you out of hiding, pregnancy is one of them. Well, because they, they, right? they, they
0: well, she she goes into a coma and he gets shot and like we no hospitals we can't do hospitals. Yeah,
1: but like I think also like a desire for pregnancy as a desire is is it's doing a lot of things all at once. Number one, it's it's the desire to have Cody's baby because they she uh, was forced to abort Cody's mm-hmm. baby and and her you know her baby. I'm not. Uh, so she's she feels the the injustice of losing that yeah. fetus. Um, number two, she's aware that this is going to come to an end at some point, and when it does, I think she wants a lineage to to bring with her from Cody. She knows, she she wants Cody to live on because she's fairly certain because of cody's attitude and because of the way things go that there is there might be a happy ending not a happy ending but there might be an ending where she lives there's not an ending where cody lives right and number three i think that it it is kind of a way of her trying to peacefully end their being on the run which she tries to do kind of a couple times but i think she knows that having a
0: baby... Will make them settle down.
1: Will make them settle down and maybe make them come in and, and you know... Because she's not afraid of going to jail. She's she's afraid of... Losing him. Yeah, she's afraid of Cody dying.
0: I think there is also something, and I don't know if this is actually like a theme throughout or not, but what you were saying reminded me that at one point she's like, I really wish that you and Neil could get along, because she's like, he's the only Cartacelli left. Like, he's the last one. And I think there's something about that, like, even though her family did her wrong, there's something about, like, the end of a line... Yeah, where it's just like you want things to continue on, and so I think that's. But I also, what I, the reason I brought this up a couple of minutes ago was because they're using like the baby is motivation for both of them in different ways. And like Cody says, there's another quote. He told Teal their baby was a bright cluster of starlight somewhere and was guiding them through darkness. By that light, he knew somehow they would find their way. Sure, that baby's waiting to be born, and we're gonna follow. That's we don't know start. where it is. Yeah, it's a goal.
1: Yeah, to to go.
0: Isn't it the North Star where, like they're they're out in Montana and like where's the star and she's like no oh, it's not here.
1: Yeah, she they can they see Venus but they can't find the North Star.
0: North Star's always there. But I guess it's also metaphorical.
1: Yeah, not if it's cloudy or whatever, you can Well, it, no, it, but it, I mean it can like it be hid behind things. If you can
0: see stars, you can see the North so. Star. I guess that's true. Like that's right? not the point of the North Star but like that's what that's <gasps> uh, why that's,
1: Yeah, it's the point of the, the way that like mathematics were invented before we knew the order of the world, like remember that part, and in, in uh, I don't know, I don't remember if it was either or, or the idiot, but they they like create mathematics, and then it just happens to be that mathematics describes everything. The Fibonacci spiral mm-hmm. describes like the g- pattern of galaxies, and yeah, like we decided that the North Star was a guiding light, and then it just happened to be one, right? Yeah, it just happened to be the thing that could take us places.
0: Well, I think, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know what the order of that was. I think it was probably like, oh, that star is always here. That's the way we can always know.
1: um, I mean, celestial navigation is how all navigation was at one point, right? It's how maps were made. It's how we figured out how to go across the sea. So, like, that, astronomy is, like, one of the oldest sciences because it's, like, how we figure out how to get to places, right? And I think it's also how the pyramids were built, right? Because the pyramids are, are... Well, they were built with slavery. But, yeah, sure. Okay. Fuck yourself. <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on, you fucking undermining fuck.
0: I have no idea how the, the pyramids are... I, d- I didn't know the celestial night or, like, the stars would use at all. I uh... I think I
1: think they... they um, there's something there's something about them being lined up with uh makes sense with the with the stars and with different phases that that, that's like one of the things where why people are like must have been aliens humans couldn't have known that much but it's just like i think you're just underestimating egyptians
0: (laughs) neil degrasse tyson well actually oh the stars in ancient egypt
1: neil degrasse tyson doesn't wear glasses i don't think
0: no, he doesn't. I just it just feels you, like he you were should. just
1: doing a nerd voice. Joey did like a nerd voice and like pushed up fake glasses on his face mm-hmm. um, to to mock Neil DeGrasse Tyson.
0: He was in the news this week as a recording because like there was a total lunar eclipse and he's just like, it's not a big deal. And like there are other things are just like, don't let him ruin this for you.
1: Yeah, he's a, that guy sucks.
0: We talked about him on a recent episode. He, he, Was it on you know, uh, or maybe? Yeah,
1: Meg, Meg mentioned that he had been Me too and then he kind of came out of that st- like oh, right. still being okay. But he's like, a, yeah, he's a broke-ass Carl Sagan, man. Like, Carl Sagan rules, and Neil deGrasse Tyson is just a killjoy.
0: He's the villain of this podcast, season two. Is he? he's, beca- he's become the villain of this podcast.
1: Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson eats so, shit.
0: So after Neil enters a coma, after he gets smashed a flower pot on his head, Teal basically decides enough is enough. And after they steal a dirt bike, she like pushes off the back and like lands on the street and hard.
1: Enters coma hood with her brother simultaneously.
0: Yep. And so then Cody hijacks an ambulance, ostensibly driven by Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya yeah, Abdul-Mateen. Yeah, yeah. And he's just Michael like Bay style baby. We're gonna go, we're gonna save her. And they do. They're like, we can't do anything about it, but like, they save her, and she like has like a full recovery in a way that I'm like, oh.
1: Yeah, I thought they were being sarcastic when they were like, oh, she's good.
0: Yeah, like, uh, we can go now, right? But, like, no, they actually revive her, which I was just like, oh. Well, I think is
1: there's a degree to which this, this book functions in, like, a magical, realist way, right? It's like, things are going to be okay until they're not. Like, it's getting us to a plot point, and it doesn't, it's not realistic. It doesn't have to be realistic. It's more about, like, the ways in which they survive these things through being pure with each other and being and, and like their their love is going to get us through until it's not going to get us through anymore
0: because I think you were saying before about like there's no way that he survives the narrative but I was in my head I was just like there's no way that she doesn't because I feel like it's yeah. his story to lose and I'm like she's always going to be the survivor yeah. and then there's a moment where you're like oh she might not survive
1: this. Nah I didn't I, 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 I never felt like she was in real danger
0: you played The Last of Us right? did yeah. you play the last of yeah, us yeah, 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 where like you control joel the entire time and then joel like gets like really sick and you're like oh wait i don't know what this is And like and then you become ellie and you have to like, go find medicine or whatever like to treat his wounds you're just like oh like, that's not something i saw coming and yeah. so even though we're following basically through cody's point of view
1: first third person uh, omnis- uh no 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 not on om- it's, it's not on mission it's it's a close third like, we're, we're never gonna remember these. really, really close to his perspective, but we're not in his head. Right. This would make a good video game, by the way. I'd play the teenager video game. Yeah. I don't really play video games, but I think it'd be fun to play a Lovers on the Run video game.
0: I don't know why. I've been watching a lot of uh, hot ones on YouTube recently, and they... Uh, uh, I,
1: explain what that is to me.
0: It's the... Uh, oh, what's the tagline? It's like the chat show with hot questions, even hotter wings. It's where they sit down and they have, like, increasingly hot buffalo wings and they just it's like a regular internet. oh i
1: saw one with shack i think yeah and it was pretty funny
0: they're good like the questions are genuinely good the host is interesting and they have cool like i don't watch every episode but like when there's a guest on that i like and i've just been you know watching. did you watch the one with shack yeah a while ago but they had matt damon on And the reason i bring this up is because they're like w- did you we heard that you turned down doing the born video game because you wanted to make it more like mist <laughs> <laughs> and and, and he, and he was like he's like yeah he's like I guess that's kind of true he's like I don't really know video games and they wanted to, like I didn't want to do like a first person shooter and they came to me they want to do a video game he's like yeah can we make it like Mist? because like that's the only game I know that I liked they're like no
1: and they just did it without me <laughs> yeah they should make a teenager video game and have it be like missed
0: it's so funny just like I don't know, like, I, I, yeah,
1: I, I like Myst, We make, no, we're not going to do Myst. Myst is barely a video game, right? It's like, it's one of those things where you just, like, click on a hallway point and click. And, yeah, and you like you're on an island, you have yeah. to
0: figure it as a puzzle. There's a new game that came out, like, five years ago called The Witness, which is basically, like, a, a, not a good version of Myst, but, like, a modern version of Myst. But it's just so funny, it's just like, yeah, the one game I know that I like, yeah, Myst. It's like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, just teenager the video game, but it's Myst.
1: Just because Matt Damon was, like, 20 when Myst was popular. Yeah. That was yeah. I miss was like from when I was a little kid.
0: You can probably see like him and Ben Affleck like like slaving over the Goodwill hunting script playing Mist. Yeah,
1: or like conceiving a mist. How come there hasn't been a mist movie? That feels real weird. It feels like there would have been a mist movie in like nineteen ninety seven or something. I
0: mean Lost is basically Mist. It's not Is really. it?
1: No, it's not not. Spoilers for Lost. They all go to heaven. It's like that's the end.
0: We're about to watch Lost. You want me to tell you the end no, of no, Lost?
1: No, no, no. No, no don't. I think that that's the end, though. Don't tell me.
0: We've established on the podcast that me and Shred's... Close call there. And our friend Real are rewatching The X-Files. And we're going to follow up The X-Files pretty closely with Lost, because Bob Shred's said he'll he'll never watch Lost, but he'll watch Lost this way. And I'm very excited, because I really... I love Lost. It's one of my favorite shows. And, you know, here he is, like... So this is how it ends, right?
1: I think they... I mean, I think basically...
0: It also, I will say that it genuinely does not matter, because I think the reason I like the show is because of the characters.
1: Yeah. Oh, I thought it didn't matter because it starts sucking by season three, and then...
0: No, I think three is the genuinely considered the last good season. Yeah. And then there was a the writer's strike, and they're like, we need to figure out how we're going to land this ship.
1: All right, let's get back on track. Damon Lindelof, make a TV show out of Teenager. And missed. And missed. Just it's a vision board with the cover con- of combined, this book. Combine both of them. And missed
0: yeah i'll play a video game for teenager i'd rather i'd rather see a movie i also was saying to you i started picturing jessica barden from the end of the fucking world yeah because that's also kind of this like a sort of a violent young couple in love on the run thing on netflix soundtrack by graham Coxon.
1: i i would love it if this got made into a movie just because like that would mean that bud would get paid like yeah. like really paid and that's yeah. like that's how you make money with books. It's get that shit made into a movie. And I think it's a really cinematic book, so I think it could I think it could be made. again, it's one of those things where you'd have to get new people unknowns because they're they're too young. but like I yeah, it's easy to picture like a Caitlin Dever as, as teal
0: Dever, not Raphael Devers. who cares. The end is kind of like the overstory. Did you get overstory yeah. vibes?
1: Yeah. Sure. I did. No, I didn't. But, like, I know what you mean.
0: <laughs> so Richard Powers, Richard Powers, right, Yeah, wrote this book called The Overstory, which is incredible. And Bob had me read it. That's one of the it. best books ever written. Yeah, it's it's an, it's amazing. But there's this one part where, like, these, like, activists live in the trees to, to prevent the tree from getting cut down. Yeah. And they're not doing this. They're, just, like, doing it to hide. But they, like, set up this encampment, like, way up a sequoia. And just, like, these cops in, like, this, like, 30-foot-long, $2 million, $2 billion whatever vehicle roll up and they're just like, what is, what? It, and they just think that they're just like idiots. They don't, they don't know that it's Cody and Teal.
1: Here's like an interesting backstory that I don't, I don't think that I'm giving away too much, but, uh, so my relationship with Bud is that I oh helped to edit, helped to edit. I, you, my, my role was pretty minimal. Um, but our friend, our mutual friend, Mark Brunetti, who, who was the, uh, Editor uh, and primary engine behind a thing called the Idiom Magazine and uh press called Piscataway House Press asked me if I would, uh, you know, read an early draft of Bud's first novel, Toll Tollbooth. But and, I thought this was his first. Yeah, novel. right. There's a lot of press on here that says debut novel, which is, I think they just mean major press debut, uh, which is funny because it's like. Erasing the, the work it erases of, you. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't give a shit about that. But like, it, it. You know, I think Tollbooth is a legitimate novel that exists and is good. So like, I think that. Uh, you know, I would like that to. In, in in a perfect world, that gets reprinted by someone. Could somewhere. we fit
0: that into a future module? Is that still in print? Yeah, sure.
1: No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it is, but I'm sure we could get copies of it if we needed to. Well,
0: I think there's also something to the fact of covering books that other people
1: can read. Yeah, our for 30, sure. 30,000 For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, 30K strong, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, we up to 31 now, by the way. So so uh, you, you, uh, maybe five years ago, six years ago, I was talking with, probably longer than that even, I was talking with Bud, and he was like, do you have anything to, to send me? And I sent him uh, something that I'd written, and he sent me a very very early version of this book. Oh. Um that was like probably 200 pages shorter and it was called I'm from Electric Peak then and I uh It's called I'm from
0: Electric Peak? Yeah.
1: and I read it and I gave him a bunch of notes on it and I don't I, like this this book is so different from from that book. And I will say this is a uh a much better book than than that book because it, I knowing knowing Bud he probably edited it four hundred times and really like I know that he works really hard on that stuff so I, I think he you know
0: yeah I do want to say that like I love this book like this is one of my favorite books this season which I'm also glad doesn't really fit in the campus module but there's the one scene at the school so it counts
1: oh I had a whole I had a whole bit about that which I was going to say it was like like that was very very corny I was going to say like they their campus is the American. Pastures, or like they're going to, they're attending the school of life, or something like that. Try to like, school you know, of hard knocks. Yeah, trying to like fit it into uh, fit it into our module. Well,
0: um, it's just like you know, the high school slumber. Not to derail you again, but the high school slumber party podcast on the network where Brian's like, oh, there's one scene in the school accounts, or just like yeah, they're teenagers accounts. It's just like yeah, yeah, anything yeah. you can fit it in,
1: yeah, it, it, it makes sense. But so uh, in in that initial read, I don't I don't remember what was in that book that's not in this book or what's in this book that is not in that book because it was so long ago. I do remember giving him a note where I was like, you got to cut this fucking like sleeping in the trees stuff. It's too like unrealistic. It's, I, I, I think it like, it it pulls us out of a narrative that is otherwise like fitting into this, uh, romantic, uh, realist mode, blah, 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 blah. And, like, I'm happy to say that I I was so wrong about that. It's it, it's like so the end of this book is so good. Well, I think, I think and, what's like,
0: also smart about it is that he, like, fast forwards to it. Like, we don't see them getting it set up. It's just right. like yeah, they're yeah, there yeah. and they think that they're smart, but, like, just like a bunch of Girl Scouts walk through and she's like, what? And then when the cops show up and, like, he looks up, it's like, oh, of course you could see this. Like, we thought we were, like, under camo. It's like, no, it's yeah, just like yeah, a, yeah. It's just a tent on the tree.
1: yeah. But, like, the moral of the story is, like, nobody should listen to me. <laughs> it's, like, obviously, like, he knew what he was doing, and I was like, oh, don't do this. And then, like, I read it in its final form. I'm just like, I can't imagine it ending any any other—this is, like, the way that it should end. Like, it's—because it's, like, a return to nature mm-hmm. from from the, like, overly synthetic world of of Los Angeles. Uh, and they're, like, essentially become survivalists. So it's, like, thematic in that they're they're truly, like, individualized now. And it's it's like the perfect kind of ending because their reintroduction to society is is doom for them. Yeah. Um, so it's I think maybe the only way that it could end. And the, and I, I I reflect on giving him those notes and, and I'm slightly embarrassed about them because I, I don't think they were good. And I'm glad that he ignored them to, to write the book that he wanted to write. Well, in
0: this scene, another thing that we do when, when we watch the X-Files is we track the body count, like the kills. And this scene, she ties them up. I think. I think they're. I think they both end the, the novel at two because he kills the parents, and she kills Bill Gold and one of these cops.
1: Yeah. Um, Does
0: anybody else get killed? Well, the
1: cop the cop dies. One of the cops dies from falling into the trap with the spiked band. Yeah, but that's like you know, which it's, is that's something an that is that is set up earlier by how when they visit the zoo and they talk about how they catch tigers. Yeah. Yeah, two to two. Um, her kills are are kills of quote-unquote necessity i guess defense kind of. yeah yeah his kills are more
0: cold-blooded murder
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: but i think that's also why she's able to spend a year in a minimum security mental health facility and then get freed because it's like
1: yeah it's like the instructions right Gurion did it Ted, tell, tell them that Gurion did it tell them Gurion did it right and he's like you know at the end he's just like i have a hostage in here and don't do anything or you know whatever so they set it up so that she can Get off, which is what happens, spoiler, spoiler alerts, I guess, uh, with Sissy Spacek and Badlands. Um, I think it's probably what happened to Starkweather's uh, girlfriend. Like, I think over and over again, that's the, that's like, it, it, it's interesting because it's fitting into this mythological mode while also deconstructing and, and dispelling it. But I would almost be disappointed if it didn't hit these, hit these tropes on here.
0: Anything else to say about the book or you want to read Meg's Let's Let's
1: know? go to the, to the egg
0: egg's reaction to teenager this email is coming in under the wire so please excuse any errors you find although i do like typos all over the place the back of the the pull quote from bill callahan on the back there's a typo on page 14 other than that this book is perfect oh, oh
1: i want to say i don't know i didn't i didn't i didn't ask Bud about that i assume that's bill callahan from smog which if if that's the case god bless that's fucking awesome
0: is there a typo on page 14
1: uh, I, don't, I don't know probably not
0: we'll have to ask Bud about it <laughs> Egg says I really liked Teenager for how violent it was. It was a fun read and entertaining ride. I also do want to say, after we read like Blake's novel was light and fun, but then we did Real Life, The Instructions, The Idiot, and Either or. And even though they weren't all heavy or difficult or dense, they were each of them was one of those things. And I feel like this was just like fun. Like this was a blast.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. If if we didn't if we didn't say it enough. It is a fun novel.
0: Yeah. I also, like, you can, you can, if you're a quick reader, you could probably read this in, like, an afternoon.
1: Yeah, that's, that's too fast for me, but yeah.
0: Like, 380 pages. I probably read it in, like, five hours, maybe?
1: I think, I think it took me three days. I don't know how long, like.
0: I I mean, I read it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, right? So, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, Egg says, for how violent it was, it was a fun read and an entertaining ride. I liked that it more or less ended on a happy note. Because, oh, they also... Neil gets her right out of the facility and they go to Rome to, like, basically... The way the novel begins is how the novel's going to end. Sort of. Even though it's everything's different. Because Neil's out of the coma now, too. Yeah. Because Tella's life wasn't ruined by the events of the novel. Yes, Cody died, but he said over and over again how he would have preferred to kill himself instead of going to jail. Also, and I'm not sure if this is on purpose or not, but I feel it's worth bringing up... I feel it's significant that Cody did not end up killing himself. The Carticelli's are Catholic more Catholic and some circles of Catholicism say that if you kill yourself you go to hell I mean he also committed the moral sin of killing other people but who's to say there's also the thing early on that like there's that note that he gets from his mom remember the note Cody gets
1: Cody gets the note from his uh from his own mom who left him in the fire department she wrote
0: five sentences yeah number one I wish you luck number two I'm ready to die which Jesus Christ Number three, your father was a bull rider traveling with the rodeo. I didn't know his name. Number four, we spent only one night together, and I was treated like a bull, which also Jesus Christ. And then yeah. number five, goodbye. If there is a heaven, I'll see you there, which is like sort of Egg's point. You know, he murders people, but
1: well, yeah. There's a you know, this is some like deep cut shit, but it's it's like a lot of a lot of Christians, Catholics, whatever, make a very specific distinction between killing and murdering. Um, and whether or not he kills or murders Teal's parents is finer minds than mine could probably make an argument for each case.
0: Because yeah, Egg says, "I mean, he also committed the mortal sin of killing other people." But who's to say? So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's not like
1: I don't stand in judgment of him for that. Although I mean, th- there there are things that I don't like about Cody uh, that I've that I've already mentioned. Yeah, but I think that you know. I don't judge him for killing Teal's parents. He also doesn't
0: think that he sinned, because within that scene with the priest, he's like, I've never sinned in my entire life. It's like, well, okay, that's one way to look at it.
1: Right, because he thinks he's freeing her from a incredibly horrific circumstance. Which, in a way, he is. Yeah, but... and his parents forced her to have an abortion, which is also pretty brutal, so... Mm-hmm.
0: But he's like, he, says, he says to the priest, like, I'm either going to become a priest or kill myself. He's like, any other options? Yeah. <laughs> Some things I found interesting or liked include the fact that Tella ended up going to Rome in the end, just like she was initially going to, but it felt so much better because it felt like she was part of the decision making process. And I I'm also sure. do love the last line of the book about how she took her last American breath of air.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think that I think that fits in with like American mythology, right? Not yeah. not not to beat that dead horse, but it's like she's done with the like the facade of Americanness.
0: That dead horse named Azrael.
1: Yeah. Poor, poor Azrael.
0: The fact that at times Cody mirrored the behavior of Tella's parents, like when he was planning on burning the letter Teal wrote to Neil, it was just like when Tella's parents did not give her the letters that Cody wrote to her.
1: Right, yeah, good catch.
0: The fact that over and over you get reminded that Tella and Cody are just kids, like when Cody is teaching her how to shoot and he says that's how they do it in the movies.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: All in all, <laughs> I like this novel and feel that it was worth worth reading. Cool. If you want to email in lottery at cageclub.me, me, we'll read on the next episode. Oh, I
1: can do Matt's uh, bit here because Matt told us what he thinks of this. Uh, what he did thinks he? of this cover? Yeah, he said he 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 loved it, and that it looks like a Joni Mitchell album cover. Cool. Yeah. When did he do that? Way way back, months ago.
0: Oh, before I because I took a picture, I put it on Twitter, but I don't know if he's even on Twitter anymore.
1: Yeah, before we before we like right when the the cover art was released i i sent a picture to matt and said hey what do you think of this and he said looks great are you calling Let's him
0: you, no let me see if i can find it in the book of wall cover of my friend bud's new book cool joni mitchell vibes <laughs> there you go you said yeah it's kind of a badland story teenagers go on the run or that's what it was like five All years right, don't ago read the whole
1: fucking thing it's not, we, we we don't, you're just going to rehash the conversation that you and I just had, but me explaining what the novel is to, to, to you guys in text message form, what are you doing? Sorry to yell at you right now. I feel like you're violating my privacy by reading text messages, though. He hasn't put his phone down yet. He's going to keep going.
0: Talking about you getting a job at a bookstore.
1: Okay. I don't remember that, but.
0: I lost all context because I yelled at one. I'm sorry. Pretty... I'm sorry that
1: I yelled at you.
0: <laughs> Were you picturing anybody while reading this in terms of casting? I know, I know it has to be uh, unknown. You know, n-
1: not not really. Um, I was more picturing like, I don't know. I was I, I was I was putting it in the context of American of American film, and I could see, I could see the entire thing really easily, whether it be the Coens with with, uh, Raising Arizona, Raising Arizona, and various other. Uh, no Country for Old Men to a certain extent. Um, but like there's a slapstick comedy to this that's kind of Looney Tunes-ish as well. Like there's, for example, when they steal the cop car, like that's that's like Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. That's something that would, ha- would have happened in Thunderbolt yeah. and Lightfoot. Um, when they have the kid psychic, like that's something that would be in like a Joe Dante. I'm
0: glad you brought the kid. The kid psychic is, the- is amazing.
1: Yeah, that's something that would be in like a Joe Dante movie. Like I feel like I- tonally this book is-, is straddling a lot of different different things from like really like broad slapstick comedy to like uh like high romance to so, uh, a more brutal um natural born killers type
0: because then he said i don't know if it was what he said to us or to the room or someone said in introducing it but they're like what if natural born killers but you know like romance like a romance yeah even though that's like it's it's fueled by love but it's like you know right we're on twitter at lottery pod patreon.com slash lottery pod lottery at CageClub.me, and just please keep reading bud <laughs> smith's novels
1: uh today today's crime is um yeah, there are so many crimes in the book that like what what's the best crime in the book i think i said earlier earlier on this podcast that the coolest crime that you could commit is stealing a cop car that's just about the coolest thing that you could
0: do have you seen the movie cop car
1: yeah from the guy that did the spider-man movies right i think so yeah that's absurd
0: so stealing a cop car is today's crime
1: Yeah, once again, stealing a cop car is today's crime. Young dreams of love, young dreams of love. Young dreams, young young my heart is filled with young dreams, Dreams. and I'm longing to.